Well, good morning, Toronto City Church. It is good to be with you, and I hope you're doing well. It's a privilege to be able to bring the word of the Lord. My name is Matt Tapley. I'm the lead pastor here at Lake Mount Worship Center in Grimsby. I bring you greetings from our church family to yours. And uh, every morning, look out across Lake Ontario and see you guys out there across the water. And uh, just know that God's got great things in store for the city of Toronto, great things in store for your church and I uh, just want to give a special shout out to your pastors, uh, Pastor Brendan and Sharon Witten. We just uh, love these guys. Uh, they're incredible leaders with a real heart for the church, for you, and uh, for the church in Canada, and for what God wants to do in this nation. I just want to say that's exceptional to have leaders like that who are locally rooted but have a national mindset. And uh, I'm just so grateful for friendship with your pastors. And uh, Brendan has ministered here a couple of times, and uh, it's a privilege to be able to bring the word to you. And uh, just believe that God wants to encourage the heart of this house today. And uh, the, the, the local church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And you know what? It's been a challenging time for leaders in this season. It's a challenging time for pastors trying to navigate so many, um, uh, not just the realities of everything going on with lockdowns and restrictions, but then also the opinions surrounding that. And uh, just one, one leader to another looking in, uh, your pastors have just done an incredible job. And, and I believe that God has a word for this house today. I believe that God wants to speak faith and courage into the heart of this people so that you could be uh, strengthened and encouraged in the purpose of God. I believe that, uh, that the, this season that we've been going through, uh, you know, in 1 Kings chapter 18, you can go there with me. We're going we're gonna to dig into that word together uh, this morning. But in 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, we find the people of uh, Israel under a famine. And the famine was not just a natural weather phenomenon, but that, fa- that famine was weather that was supernaturally intervened upon by God himself because God recognized that that nation was wandering from him in such an extreme way that he wanted to get their attention. And so the, the, the famine, the, the hunger, the thirst that came upon them naturally caused for them to turn their attention away from natural means of comfort and natural means of just moving on through life without giving thought to anything uh, supernatural, without giving any thought to the things of God. And God caused for the famine to come and then raised up a prophet that would speak the word of the Lord in such a way as to turn the heart of God's people to himself. And so we know that story of Elijah in uh, 1 Kings chapter 18 where uh, there's that contest set on Mount Carmel, which to me always just sounds delicious, like those old Dairy Queen commercials, Mount Carmel, but a different kind of Carmel. And, uh, you know, preaching on this mountain, setting a contest between him and these false prophets of Baal and, and saying, you know, if, if Baal is God, follow him. But if the Lord is God, follow him. And this contest said of, you call on your God, I'll call on my God. And whoever answers by fire, that will be the one true God that we will follow. And so, of course, God shut down the supernatural realm to the prophets of Baal so that they had no effect in their prayers and in their demonic incantations and cutting themselves. And, and so they thrashed about and got nowhere. And then... Elijah just simply stepped forward and said, 
Lord, I know that you're hearing me and I know that you want to turn the heart of these nations back to you. And so God, I'm asking you to answer by fire. And no sooner had the words left his mouth than the fire of God came down and consumed the altar and the water that was all around it. And, and the people fell on their faces and said, the Lord is God. And there was this massive spiritual awakening on the heels of the show of fire of God. And so I believe that the fire of God is intended to turn hearts back to the Lord. But then the story continues from there. And so I'm going to ask you to go with me, if you would, to 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to start at verse 38 and just kind of, again, just pick up where I've just been referencing and then move into the next portion of the story because I believe God has a word for this house. I believe God wants to speak some life and encouragement and refreshing into this house. How many say that would be good just to get some refreshing this morning and some life-giving word that God just wants to send a voice into this house to say, guess what? Good days are coming in Jesus' name. First Kings chapter 18 verse 38 Again, where I was just referencing in giving you some context. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. And when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. How many believe that's what we need in this time is for people to cry out in a revelation that Jesus Christ is the Lord. I believe that day's coming. I believe that revival is coming. Verse 40, Then Elijah commanded them and said, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. And they seized them. And Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. And then Elijah said to Ahab, listen, go and eat and drink, for there's the sound of a heavy rain. Some translations, there's the sound of the abundance of rain. And so Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. That's a birthing posture. That's, that is a, a, a posture for a woman in labor and delivery. He was getting into the posture. He told the king Ahab, you go eat and drink. You go ahead and party, but I'm going to pray. You go ahead and you celebrate what's coming, but I'm going to labor with God for what is coming next. And I feel like God's saying to this house, who will labor with me for what's coming next? Because there is the sound of the abundance of rain. There is the sound of refreshing. There is the sound of relief. There is the sound of revival. There is the sound of fresh rain, fresh uh, springing up of new life and all of the hope that that rain represents. He says, you go ahead and party, but I'm gonna go and I'm gonna pray. Verse 43, go and look towards the sea, Elijah told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. And the seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, a heavy rain came on, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. And the power of the Lord came upon Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Praise God. Listen, in this message, in this record, recorded word of Scripture, what we have is a context of famine, 
sent by God through the prophetic word of the Lord through Elijah, saying, listen, you are self-sustained, you're self-pleased, self-satisfied, and God wants to dry up your means so that you recognize that you need a word from him. And so when the people were finally ready to hear, he called for the contest on Mount Carmel and the fire fell. And the fire fell as a sign of God's goodness so that the people would turn and worship. And then immediately what came into the prophet's heart was now there needs to be refreshing. And I believe that we've been living in a season of famine, not so much in the natural realm without rain, but in the natural realm as it, ter- as it pertains to material things and, and things being shut down, a famine of friendship, a famine of relationship, a, a famine of being able to have a normal wedding or being able to celebrate the life of a loved one who's passed on and, and funerals being shut down and, and just, you know, going to the mall is weird and getting a tank of gas is weird and walking down the street. I know this happens where you live too. You walk down the street and people, you know, cross to the other side of the sidewalk or step into the street to get around you this strange time that we're living in where there is just so much anxiety and and there's a famine of of just normal human interaction and in the midst of that there's been a famine of the house of God being able to gather in the way that we are designed to gather and honoring health uh, uh, guidelines and and preferring one another and being leading citizens in our community just abiding by those things not making a statement on the on the need for the church, but making the statement on submission to authority and walking in unity with our our city and, and with our province and with our nation truly around the world. But that's cause for there to be a famine of togetherness and a famine in the area of just worship and being together in the presence of God and, and the whole heart of God. Whenever he shuts up the heavens, he's wanting to get our attention so that we could understand that we don't live by bread alone but by every word that comes from his mouth and so what we see is that when the contest is said and Elijah prophesies the firefall that once the fire falls once the conviction comes back and burns in the heart of people immediately God's heart is to send a heavy rain immediately what's in his heart is to begin to heal the land with a heavy rain this word is about a healing word a healing rain on a dry land, a healing rain on your city, a healing rain on your church, a healing rain on your family, a healing rain on your business, on your employment, a healing rain on your relationships and friendships, a healing rain that is more than just everything kind of going back to normal, but a healing rain that causes us to recognize every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. Refreshing rain, the presence of the Holy Spirit. The drought of Elijah's day had a natural manifestation, but it was a spiritual prophetic sign. It was showing the people how dry they truly were. They weren't aware of it because their material ease and their, and their relative just enjoyment of, of material natural things was so high that the, that the natural breakdown of no rain caused for them to realize how actually dry they were. Could it be that that's what God is doing in this season? Could it be that God is wanting to awaken the church and even this local church family to a heightened awareness of our need for the reign of his presence among us to refresh us and bring us into 
the right place that we belong with him. The sound of the abundance of rain is the sound of revival. The sound of the abundance of rain. You know what it sounds like when there's the sound of the abundance of rain? Not just the water hitting the earth, but hearing it as it courses through the sky and the the thunder and the lightning that comes along with it. The sound of the abundance of rain. I want you to hear that in in your imagination as I speak right now. Thinking of one of those heavy summer rainfalls. The rolling of the thunder and the the crashing of the water. and You can hear it streaming down the streets and passing to the gutters and running off the rooftops. It's the sound of revival. Why? Because we need that water to sustain everything. We need that water to sustain life. That is a sound of revival. Revival is refreshing and it's life-giving. And I believe that there is the sound of the abundance of rain. What's amazing to me is that Elijah prophesied that he heard the sound of the abundance of rain when in fact There wasn't a cloud in the sky, which means what? He didn't hear the sound of the abundance of rain with his ears. He heard it in his spirit. He spiritually discerned a change in season before anything externally looked like that change in season. Are you hearing me, Toronto City Church? He's speaking to us if we will have the ears to hear and if we will tune our hearts to listen, we can hear what no one else can hear. Elijah heard rain on a sunny hot day that was three and a half years into sunny hot days and he said, I'm hearing something that is right now you just can't see it I hear the sound of the abundance of rain he was prophesying it he was prophesying it and he prophesied that rain when the people repented when the people said the Lord is God when the people repented literally changed their minds when they stopped thinking in natural ways and started turning toward the supernatural ways of God when they repented in that initial context they repented of their worship of the false god Baal They repented of their divided heart in terms of other priorities that were creeping in. You know, so many believers have these priorities. You know, they try to put God first and then maybe their marriage and church and family and all those things. And and, and listen, God doesn't want to be top on your list. He wants to be central to your life. God's not at the top of the list. He should be at the middle of the bullseye and everything else just radiates out from there. The people needed to change their mind in relation to God. And when they did, Elijah prophesied the sound of rain. Listen, times of refreshing come from repentance. Times of refreshing come from repentance. That's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 3. It says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing may come from the Lord. There's a time of refreshing that comes when we change the way we think. And I believe that this past season, the Lord has been using 
this COVID reality and the lockdowns and all of the things that have been going on, some of the government overreach and some of the, you know, all of the, the, the bizarre things that have been happening all around us to cause for us to move our confidence from the politician and to move our confidence from the banking system and to move our confidence from our employment, our job, our career, to move our confidence from our friend group, to move our confidence from our uh, wherever else we might draw our confidence from and to shift it and shake it until we recognize that our confidence needs to come from the Lord. Repentance. God, it's you and you first. One thing David said I've desired of the Lord. There's one thing that I seek and it's to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And so Elijah prophesied that sound of rain, but he didn't just prophesy. Then he went and he prayed. He put his face between his knees in that birthing position, which means that Elijah didn't just close his eyes and fold his hands and just kind of think inside of himself, happy thoughts towards the Lord. Oh God, send rain. But that he put his face between his knees and got in a birthing position. That means that he got into a position where he was ready to groan and pray and partner with God. The Bible says of this instance in the book of James that Elijah was a man just like us and he prayed earnestly and it didn't rain for three and a half years and then he prayed again and the rain came. And you might read this and you might think, well, no, the rain, the rain stopped when he prophesied and it came back when he prophesied. Yeah, that's true. But prophecy without prayer is, is like an engine without fuel. There has to be a prayerfulness, not just a willingness to decree something and just float it out there, but there has to be a willing to partner, a willingness to partner with God and partner our will with Him and, and, and become those that will pray into the purposes of God for our nation. Pray into the purposes of God for the church. I want to encourage you, pray for the church. And specifically, I want to encourage you to pray for your church. Pray for Toronto City Church. Pray for the church that you're a part of. Pray for the leaders. Pray for their vision. Pray for their encouragement. Pray for their leadership gifts. Pray for God to speak through them. Pray that as the church regathers in this season, that there would come that sound of the abundance of rain, the collecting of clouds. Elijah prophesied, but then he prayed, and he prayed intensely. The Bible says seven times he prayed. And seven times sent his servant to go and check and see, is there any clouds yet? Is there any clouds yet? I mean, he didn't just go, Lord, send rain. Okay, go check. And then just sit there and wait. Uh, Lord, uh, send rain. Okay, go check. He was praying intensely and then looking. His faith was partnered. Listen, it was prophecy, prayer, and then partnering his faith. He partnered his faith looking for the sign of God's goodness. And when that sign came back, it was just a cloud the size of a man's hand. Just a teeny little cloud that you could just about miss. But when Elijah saw it, he realized what's the size of a man's hand is going to become a God-sized provision and breakthrough. And that little flicker of hope, that teeny little cloud the size of a man's hand, ignited in him a, an urgency where he said, go tell Ahab he better hurry up and travel because the rain is going to stop him if he doesn't move fast enough. 
He had faith that partnered with the word and he partnered that together. That prophecy and prayer and faith partnership caused for a, a shifting of season, a new, not just a new season, but a new era in God, a new opening and a new time of refreshing. That rain came as he prophesied. That rain came as he prayed for it. That rain came as he called the people to a place of changing their thinking and realigning themselves to the purposes of God. I want to say to you, Toronto City Church, that there is the sound of the abundance of rain coming over our nation. I want to say that as we look at the headlines and as we look to the news, I don't know, maybe you're like me, but I've grown weary of the headlines. I don't believe that ignorance is bliss, but I also have realized that I'm not necessarily getting the information that's helpful to me from the news sources that exist, but I can be encouraged in the Lord and be very aware of what's happening in the time that I'm living in, not so much by headlines, but by heart speech, by the Spirit of God speaking into my heart. The headlines that day in the newspaper in Elijah's time would have said, day 4,000 of a famine, or how many days it was you know would have said you know day 928 of famine but that's not the headline he was hearing in his heart he could hear the sound of the abundance of rain as I'm preaching to you this morning I'm believing that God is beginning to ignite just the sound of thunder in the distance just the sound of some clouds that are beginning to collect even over your city in Jesus name the headlines are not encouraging for uh, the purposes of God if we're taking our cues from the newspaper and from the Google feeds we're going to be discouraged and depressed and we're going to think that Jesus needs to come on a rescue mission to rapture the church but I'm here to tell you that Jesus is returning for a glorious church, an overcoming church, a victorious church that has no blemish, that has no spot or wrinkle, but a church that's thriving in the power of the Holy Spirit. And listen to me, you've got to hear in your spirit before you hear it in the natural. You have to be able to have an antenna that reaches high enough by faith to recognize this pastor from Grimsby isn't just being positive, he's prophesying. I'm telling you, there's the sound of revival that's coming to our nation. There's a sound of revival that's coming to your church. The headlines won't give that to you, but the heart speech of heaven will give it to you. And again, James says that Elijah was a man just like us. What does that mean? Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed, and it didn't rain. And then he prayed again, and it did rain. What does that mean? Is, is James being dishonoring to a prophet of God? No, there's no dishonor, but there is no pedestal. See, see James is, is saying we can honor the prophet for the prophetic gift, and, and he's esteeming what Elijah accomplished in seeing that famine come and that famine go, in seeing the fire fall and then seeing the rain come. He's, he's honoring and recognizing the gift of God, but then he's saying to you and me as brothers and sisters in the body of Christ in this New Testament age, he's saying he was a man just like you. He was a man just like me. He was just a guy. He was just a person who decided to align himself with the purpose of God in his generation. He's not dishonoring him, but he's saying, listen, when you put someone up on a pedestal, what happens is you just think, well, I'll just wait, I'll just wait until some prophet shows up. 
we, we need some prophet to just come and, and cause the rain to come and go. And James is saying, do you know, do you know that your prayers are powerful and effective? That things happen when you pray that wouldn't have happened if you didn't? And conversely, things don't happen when you don't pray that would have happened if you would have. What am I saying? I'm saying it's not enough for you to just say amen. Oh, yes, there's the sound of revival. Praise God, that sounds good. Bless the Lord. I'm going out for lunch, and I'm going to think about that. And, and then I'm just going to wait for that revival to begin. No, like Elijah, the one who even prophesied it, he then partnered with it in prayer. I'm calling you as a local church. I'm calling you to join with us in our local church. We're believing God for a revival in our time. And not just someday by and by. I think we're ripe for revival. I think we're coming out of a famine. I think that things have been burnt down and become dry all around us. And it's high time for the fire of God to fall and turn people's hearts back to the Lord. And then for the rain of refreshing to spring up new life all around us. This is the time. If not now. Now when? But we can't just say, amen, praise God, Lord, send that revival, and I'll be glad to come and watch, and, and uh, I'll bring some popcorn and just enjoy it. No, we, we actually have to partner and pray, partner our faith. I'm preaching this word to you, and listen to me. I know this, that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. There's spiritual hearing that's beginning to pop open as I preach this word this morning. And this word is intended to open your ears to hear the voice of God and the sound of the abundance of rain that's coming. A spiritual hearing to align with what God is saying that in this time, the abundance of rain. Before the headlines ever tell you about it, or if they even ever would, what won't get reported on CTV News, what won't be mentioned on CBC News. I don't care. doesn't matter what's God doing and what's making the news real in heaven. What is moving the heart of God? It's the house of God, the people of God, calling upon the Lord and saying, God, like Elijah, putting our face between our knees, getting into a birthing position and praying until something happens. Praying and saying, God, this is a time we need you to move again. Listen, we're not trying to convince God. We're partnering with God. We're not trying to pray in such a way as to get God to remember us and please, you know, send us a revival and please do something good here in this nation because it seems you've forgotten about us. That's not the motivation. That's not the ethos of prayer whatsoever. But our prayer is recognizing that there are powers and principalities and rulers in high places opposing. You can see the spiritual conflict over this nation. You can see the conflict manifesting like you could see dryness manifest where green grass once was there. Now you see it gray, uh, you know, just kind of uh, uh, yellowed and then eventually just turns to sand. You can see the effects of drought. We can see the effects of just uh, corrupt spiritual influence, just trying to mess with uh, people's minds and, and through the media and, and through political things and and through all, all these avenues where we're inundated with uh, perversion and confusion and with all kinds of things that are trying to turn people away. Listen, that's not where our attention is. I'm just saying we pray and partner with God knowing this is not his design. The rain from heaven is his design. It's a day of refreshing. It's a season of refreshing. It's a time of refreshing. And our repentance, our changing our mind and saying, I'm aligning with what God is saying. I'm aligning with what God has 
in store. Listen to me, Toronto City Church. I'm saying and I'm prophesying over you that your best days are now and they're coming. That, that there is a move of God's spirit that we're right on the cusp of. And I want to be partnered with it together. I want to see churches all across this nation partnering together in prayer and saying, you know what? I don't care what sign is on the door. I don't care what denominational affiliation there is. I don't care what things have been up until now. If they're in the word of God, aligned with the truth of God's word and hungry for the outpouring of his Holy Spirit, then listen, to me there is a move of God coming and in the time of rain scripture says ask for rain in the time of rain ask for rain why because we want to be the hungry receptive land that receives the rain on the day of Pentecost the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that was the beginning of God pouring out his spirit on all flesh and yet we see the manifestation of that outpouring on all flesh, on 120 people. Why? Because 120 people were crying out in the time of rain. They were asking for rain. I'm saying to you, would you be a minority that would affect the majority? Would you be a local church that says we're going to fasten ourselves to the purposes of God and to worship and to prayer and to seeking the face of the Lord? I believe that as you do that, I believe that as you put your hearts to that prophetic purpose, partnering your faith to the plan of heaven to send revival to this nation, I believe that you're going to hear the sound in your spirit, maybe even hear the beginning of it in your spirit today, but you'll see just the glimmer, the cloud the size of a man's hand. It'll start to ignite your faith and begin to pray together. Can I pray for you? Can we pray together? Father, I ask you right now for Toronto City Church. I thank you, Lord, for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for what you have in store for this local church family. And I'm asking today in the name of Jesus that, Lord, by your Spirit, you would put into each hearing heart, Lord, a, a keenness to lean into the voice of God. Father, to partner with your purpose through faith and to pray and press into revival in our land, revival in our lifetime, revival in this season. I'm asking God where there's discouragement, where there's dryness, where there's weariness. Lord, maybe where there's just exhaustion from conspiratorial thought and things that have just been distracting and life-sucking. I'm asking, Lord, that you would change minds right now and you'd pour a refreshing rain on the dry, weary hearts. I'm asking, Lord, for a prophetic people to rise up who will pray and partner with you for everything that you have in store for these days ahead. Would you refresh the leadership? Pastor Brennan and Sharon, would you refresh their leadership teams? Refresh the worship community. Refresh the youth ministry, the kids ministry. Refresh, Lord, from the youngest to the oldest, refresh the heart of this house and deposit a gift of faith for great days to begin right now. Refresh them financially. Refresh them spiritually. Refresh them relationally refreshing rain of heaven. Come, pour out your spirit. And Lord, let Toronto experience a revival and an awakening of the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen. I'm going to turn it over to your leaders. Be blessed.